0: Welcome to Preston Minster. Find your home, find your purpose, transform your city. Let's jump into this week's talk. Um, so yeah, as Pippa said, we are journeying through uh, Jonah. Uh, and I love the Old Testament book of Jonah. It's the story of one man and one mission that God sent him upon. And Jonah is referred to in lots of different ways, but he is, he is the reluctant prophet. He's the prophet that's called by God to go and speak his word to the Ninevites. And he is a reluctant prophet. He's somebody who does not want to heed to the call of God. He was called uh, to this place called Nineveh. So there was massive animosity between Nineveh and the people of Israel. Jonah was from the people of Israel. The Ninevites were the Ninevites. And there was this huge animosity between the two groups. Think think kind of Israel-Palestine, but heightened. And Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, empire of the day at that time. And Nineveh was like the biggest city in the ancient world. It was known, it had a reputation um, for being a place of real savagery. Um, Pippa unpacked that brilliantly last week as we looked at just the, the city of Nineveh that Jonah was called to. It was this place that was famous for bloodshed and being quite barbaric and being a place where captives were were kept and, and treated horribly. And Jonah absolutely hated the people of Nineveh. Like, he had witnessed firsthand, no doubt, friends, family members be treated cruelly, and probably many of his friends and family um, would have been held captive or have been killed uh, by the Ninevites. So, when Jonah is, is called by God to go to Nineveh, he is just like, no way. I do not want to go to Nineveh. So last week, chapter one is all about Jonah hearing the call and then running away from the call of God. And we unpacked last week uh, about kind of how we heed to the, to the call of God, how we respond to the call of God. And this week, we're going to be looking at chapter 2. And I want us to think about about refocusing our our lives. And you're going to see why that is important as we look at chapter 2. But I want us to think about how we refocus our lives. I don't know how you come to church today, whether you feel like you're living every day with focus and purpose or whether you feel like you're sort of in the opposite direction of focus and purpose. And what Jonah can tell us a lot when it comes to messing things up and feeling like we're living without purpose and living without focus. And as we delve into chapter two, we're going to see why. I love the book of Jonah for so many reasons Firstly, it's quite short, isn't it? It's like four chapters. I can I can get down with a book that's four chapters long. Do you know what I mean? When you look at a book and it's four chapters, you're like, I can do that, I can smash through that book. And uh, I love it as well because it's all narrative based. It's a story. And I think, although on the surface, sometimes you read Jonah and you see some of his kind of like prejudice and his stubbornness and his hard heart, we can really connect with him on a really um, yeah, easy level. Like he's a very relatable character once we get below the surface. Um, but of course, Jonah's not the star of the book of Jonah, ironically. It's named after him. You'd think it was all about Jonah and how awesome Jonah is. But Jonah's not the star of the story. No, God is the star of this story, as he is in, the, in every single book of the Bible, of course. And the thing about Jonah is, the thing that we see is that God is gracious and merciful God is gracious and merciful. Now, those two words, that's like Christianese, isn't it? Those two words get banded around in church like nobody's business. Oh, God is gracious, God is merciful. We say it in our prayers, we sing it in our songs. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, and so on and so forth. We, we use those words quite lightly, but what do they mean? And what's the difference? Are they the same? Well, grace is all about something that's done to us, something that's given to us as a free gift. Grace is all about getting something that I don't deserve. But mercy is similar but slightly different. It's when we don't get what we do deserve. Does that make sense? It's a very subtle distinction, but it's very important when it comes to the book of Jonah because we see a gracious God, yes, a God who gives us something that we don't deserve. Yes, but we also see a merciful God, a God who doesn't give us what we do deserve. You see, each and every one of us on our own are separated from God, distinctly separated, like there is a barrier between us and God because each one of us has turned away from the Lord. Each one of us has gone our own way. And the Lord has done something about that in the person of Jesus Christ. Each of us on our own deserve to be separated from God. Let that hang there for a moment. That's a big truth to unpack on a Sunday morning. Each of us deserve that eternal separation from God. But... God is merciful. Praise God that God is merciful. Like, thank the Lord that God is merciful because mercy means that I don't get what I do deserve. I get grace, something that's that free gift given from God when I put my trust, when I give my life, when I gave my life to Jesus. And so did you. So we're gonna jump into this passage remembering that it's a merciful God that we're worshiping this morning, a gracious God. So let's read this passage, it's from Jonah chapter two. And this is Jonah's prayer. Remember last week, Jonah was swallowed by the great big whale. So he's in the belly of the whale. And this is what he prays inside the fish. I was going to call it fishy prayers, but I thought it would be too much for you guys to handle. There would be too much, too much anointing on it. Anyway, so Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. We could do a whole sermon series on vomit in the Bible. There's quite a few instances where vomit appears in the Bible. This is one of them. This is why this makes great Sunday school stuff, isn't it? You know what I mean? When you're a kid in Sunday school and you're talking about vomit, I tell you what, that's a good Sunday, isn't it, in Sunday school? It's not so great when you're a, an adult. Um, anyway, so today we're thinking about refocusing our lives. This, is, this prayer is Jonah literally in the belly of the fish at the lowest point in his life, refocusing his life. You might be at that point, you might have been at that point. At some point in the future, you will probably be at that point when you are metaphorically in the belly of the great fish, at rock bottom. And what you do in that moment will be very, very important and will set the course of your life. The first thing I see, though, in this passage is that we can tell God. That's point number one. You can tell God blank, anything, Anything you want to do, you can express to God. And did you know that? Did you know that you can express exactly how you feel to God? Jonah was in the belly of the whale and he cried out to God. In verses 1 to 6, what you're getting there is a snapshot of a man at the bottom a man who literally is, has faced death and is articulating his hurt and how he's been affected and impacted by the events of the previous chapter. He talks about being hurled into the deep, waves sweeping over him. He talks about being banished from the Lord's presence, water threatening him, surrounded. He talks about seaweed being round his head. That's so how bad it gets. And actually, I thought quite ironically, I mean, there's probably, it's probably like a beauty treatment nowadays, isn't it? You know, having seaweed around your head. It's probably a lot of things that happened in the Bible that seemed a bit yucky, but nowadays we, we treat them as like beauty treatments. So I was thinking like when Jonah was in the belly of the whale, there might have been other fish that were like nibbling his feet. Do you know what, have you ever seen that? When people go to the St. George's and they've got their feet in a bowl with fish. Is, have people seen that? Hands up. People have seen it. They can testify. Jonah's like crying out like this is the worst time. He's got seaweed around his head. And that's a beauty treatment probably. He's probably got mud on his face. It's also, that's probably a beauty treatment. He's got fish nibbling his feet. He doesn't know how good he has it. But nonetheless, he is genuinely in the pit and in the belly of a great fish, which can't have been particularly nice. Um, he's at rock bottom. It's a low point. And what I love is what we see in verses one to six, it's all about him crying out to the Lord. He says exactly what has happened and exactly how he feels. He talks about being banished from the Lord's presence. That's not necessarily true, but that's how he feels. He feels that the Lord has banished him from his presence. So the implication is, the application to your life is that you are able to express the full range of, of your emotions to God, exactly how you feel. And all of us will, and many of us in a room this size, will be going through some tough stuff. Battles that you face. Elderly relatives that you're caring for and are dependent upon you. Situations in your work life. Where you've got a boss who just does not like you. Nuisance neighbors, whatever it might be, there are battles, there are situations that you are going through. And my question is are you talking to the Lord about that? Are you expressing how you feel about that, about your health condition? about your, the challenges that you've got with your mental health? Are you talking to God? Are you processing that with Him? Because what we see here in, in Jonah is a man who gives us full permission to express our emotions to the Lord, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's important. It's so important that we do that because owning our situation is the first step to changing our situation. You know if you want if you're in if you're lost in the wilderness the first thing you might want to do is figure out exactly where you are so you can chart a way out of it. owning your situation is the first step to restoration. and i think for me in my own life some of my best times of prayer have been just articulating how, how I feel to the Lord. Lord, it feels like you're, you're distant. Lord, it feels like you're not there. Lord, it feels like you didn't come through in that situation. Lord, it feels like what's happening to me, I just don't understand or it seems unfair. Some of the best times of prayer are when we actually get real with God and we take off the nice, shiny Christian smile, which I I like, by the way. I I like your nice, shiny Christian smile. You know, it can come out sometimes. That's good. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's great. But we've got to be able to talk to God about how we are really doing, what we're really feeling. And we've got permission to do to do that it's good to express our pain to the Lord but that's not all I saw this thing I'm just this is partly an external process so go with me on this one I saw a, a, a banner it said it's okay to not be okay and I, I liked it at first and I do I get the sentiment it is okay to not be okay it's it's normal like I think the, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge reality. Jonah did that. He was in the belly of a whale. There's no point saying, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's awesome. Because the guy was in the belly of a whale with seaweed around his head. That was reality. We've got It's okay to express, express reality to the Lord. But we don't want to stay there. Nobody wants to stay in the belly of the whale. Nobody wants to stay in the pit. We all want to move on beyond the pit. We want to believe that there is a better, more fruitful, more fulfilling life than the one that we currently experience, particularly if we're experiencing pain. What I love about Jonah is that he has this epiphany moment in verse 6. He says, but you, Lord, brought me up from the pit. It was good that Jonah expressed his his feelings and his hardship. It was awesome. Well done, Jonah. But Jonah also then focused himself on what was to come. In verse 6, he says, But you, Lord, brought me up from the pit. That's interesting because he's still in the belly of the whale. He's still in the midst of his problems and his difficulties. Notice that it's before he's been vomited up. I was trying to think of a different word. But he, it's before he was regurgitated. <laughs> He's saying, but you, Lord, brought me up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose before you to your holy temple. Faith calls us to believe before we receive. And I don't mean that in a like a prosperity preacher type of way. What I mean is faith calls us to put our trust in a future that is not a reality at the moment. And that's not all about our situations being sorted and our life being all shiny and rosy and getting everything that we want materially. That's about knowing the Lord deeply, even in the midst of our deepest pain. The Apostle Paul said, that he had found the secret of being content in all circumstances because he knew the peace of Jesus. Whether he he was hungry or whether he was fed, whether he was in prison or whether he, he was free, whether he was under persecution or not, he found the secret of contentment. And that was a peace that comes from Jesus Christ. And you can know that as well. And sometimes you need to declare that before you feel it. Faith calls us to believe it before we receive it, before we realize it. What is the envisioned future that you see for your life? Perhaps you've become unfocused and you're focusing on something else because you're in the welly, uh, belly of, of, of the fish metaphorically. And you can see the problems. You can see the pain. You can see, all the di- you can see all the difficulties. You can see the heartache. But what do you need to do to turn around to focus on the Lord and focus on the plans that he has for you? Focus on what He is calling you to. Faith calls us to believe before we receive. Depression is not your destiny, anxiety is not your constant companion. You are not made for loneliness. Death is not your ultimate destination. And you can thank God in advance for what He will do in the future. God has good plans. For you. God has so much for you than you see right now. So we see in Jonah that we're able to articulate all of our feelings, all of our pain, all of our problems to God. We can, we can say what it feels like to be in the belly of the whale, but we don't want to stay there We don't want to stay there. We want to declare what is true, that we in Christ are new creations, that we in him have a plan and a purpose, that we in him are made righteous, that if God is for us, who can be against us? It's when we start declaring that, that our mindset shifts and our situation begins to change. We can thank God in advance. And what I find really interesting as well is that Jesus actually used the example of Jonah in Matthew chapter 12 uh, to do just that. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus said these words. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of of the earth. He goes on actually to say the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah and now someone greater than Jonah is here. Jesus talks about his his death and his resurrection before it's happened because he knows the trajectory of his life. He knows how his life uh, will will end, out, end up. And you can do the same today as well. The situations that you face, yes, are difficult. Let's be real about that and honest. But God has good plans and don't lose sight of all that God has done for you in Jesus Christ. God is merciful. And though we deserve that eternal separation from God, God has done something about it. He sent the person of Jesus to come to this earth, to lay down his life on the cross. Just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, Jesus was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He died for us. His life was given up so that our sins could be paid for. And he rose to life so that we could have life. Jesus came to give us life and life in all its fullness. That is your destiny. That is where you are headed. You can know the secret of contentment. You can know the secret of contentment. You can have joy in all circumstances through Jesus Christ. for listening. Follow us on social media. See you next week.